Good morning, every nation family. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? How was that worship? We want more. Amen. God is doing amazing things in our midst, and we trust that He's going to continue to move in ways we have never expected Him to move before. I just want to mention, I know that some of you are doing the full 21-day fast, uh, water only. We pray that God will give you grace as you do water only. I did five days water only and transitioned to Daniel fast so I can preach, so I've got an excuse. But uh, I know as I'm preaching some of you, uh, as I talk about food, you know, like it's not a good time to talk about food when you're fasting. I don't know if you notice that while you're fasting, the billboards with food, all of a sudden, they become bigger and larger. Just driving to church this morning, KFC was so appealing, you know. The billboard was on our way. What will help you in this uh, now two more weeks of fasting? We have another devotional, 14 days devotional for fasting. It's on our website under the resource tab. You scroll down past the, the sermons and the podcast, you'll get this. And this will help you to go through uh, the rest of the fast. So I encourage you, maybe you didn't fast and you're feeling guilty right now. There's now no condemnation to those who are in the house of the Lord. But you can start tomorrow with your fast. Amen. Good. Join us. We want to see change in this nation. We want to see change in our city. We want to see change in our church. And it will come when we are on our knees. While we are fasting and praying, one of the things that we prayed for was we prayed over the prophetic words that God has spoken over every nation, Rosebank. And this is an expert from one of the words, and I want to read it for you because it speaks to us corporately, but it also speaks to us individually, what God is saying to us. Amen. So there is coming a tipping point. His Spirit tipping us out of our areas of spiritual ease, moving His bride even deeper into spiritual purity for purposes of increased growth. I see the spiritual increase releasing a new scent and a new flavor of His glory that will permeate the earth with His life, His light, and His truth. I see tremendous spiritual growth in this season as many grow up into increased levels of maturity and authority. I see a coming of age, so to speak, a graduation. Many will go on to graduate into their callings as they respond to His Spirit. Can we say amen to that? Amen. When we say amen, we say, yes, Lord, let it be so. Let it be. Amen. So this graduation that He's speaking about here, I believe it's linked to the word that God has spoken to us about a shift that is going to take place in our faith this year. There's going to be a shift in our faith. God is going to take us to another level of faith. Like the prophetic words that are coming out here, we don't want the prophetic words just to be on Sunday. We want to see them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the marketplace. Amen. We're trusting God for miracles and supernatural wherever we are. And when we step out in faith, that's when we see God move. That is why our topic today, we're going to be talking about no shrinking back. Faith to receive what God has promised. Faith to receive what God has promised. When we talk about this shift and going deep and trusting the Lord for supernatural miracles and souls being saved and healings, I believe that our level of hunger will determine the outcome of the year. 
our level of hunger will determine how the year ends up. I really like how Pastor Rilereko shared this morning because what we tend to do is God is speaking to us and challenging us even in the areas of giving, in the areas of fasting, in the word, in prayer, but we, we always say we'll do it tomorrow. But tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow never comes. If we want to see God move this year, we need to go on our knees and we say, today is tomorrow. Today. I was listening to one preacher preaching recently and he said that his teacher used to say to them at the beginning of the year, guys, November is tomorrow. And they would laugh at the teacher when, he say, when the teacher said, to, November is tomorrow. But on the 31st of October, the teacher would say, guys, November is tomorrow, and it was literal, <laughs> because we tend to postpone and procrastinate and say we'll get to it, but we never get to it. That is why when we talk about these promises of God, faith to receive the promise of God, we need not procrastinate. We need not say it will come tomorrow. We want to see the promise of God now. We can talk about a shift in our faith, in our businesses at work, but if we don't pursue God, we will not see the results that we are hoping for. If we don't get off the couch, we will not see what we are trusting God for. Have you seen how our lives are like? We wake up in the morning, we go to work. We come back from work, we watch TV, and we go to sleep. We wake up in the morning, we go to work. We come back home, we watch TV. I'm assuming you're fasting. We watch TV, and we go to work again the following day. Nothing about pursuing God. Nothing about going for the promises of God. If we want to see God move this year, I believe this fast is going to shift things around and we're going to see God move in ways that He's never moved before. Are you believing with me? As I said at the prayer meeting, Kuzo Balit. For those golden oldies like me, it means it's going to be lit. That's how you translate it. It's going to be fireworks. As Pastor Lareko said, Iachisa is going to be powerful. Talking about habits, because we talk about the promise of God, and promise of God are linked, they're like, they're like habits, they're like things that God is speaking to us. You know, it was John Maxwell who said that we have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. We have uphill hopes. We hope we can do all this for God. We hope we can change the world. We hope we can change our marriages. We hope we can change our lives. But our habits is something else. We hope we can lose weight, but our habits are something else. We hope we can save more money to go to the Every Nation World Conference in Orlando, but our habits are something else. My kids right now, they don't like this whole World Conference thing because every time they want to go to Paul's ice cream, I say, we're saving for the World Conference. Well, your habits must match your hopes. If your habits don't match your hopes, your hopes will be the same resolutions you have this year again next year. So John Orbert puts it this way. He says, habits will eat willpower for breakfast. Habits eat willpower for breakfast. So talking about habits, and before we read the text that we're going to be on today, while I was on sabbatical, one of the books I read, I went back to, I had read before, is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Remember the book, Steve Covey? Great book, great book. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. 
So one of the habits he speaks about, he says, highly effective people, their habits is they start, they begin with the end in mind. So before you start a project, before you do anything, before you start a year, think about what you want it to be at the end. And then you go back and then you start. And he says, when you do that, the best thing to be able to do that is to write your personal mission statement. And your personal mission statement will help you to align your habits, to align your activities, to align your values with where you want to get to. And he also says, not only write your own personal mission statement, you also need to write your family mission statement. Because we all know that every organization has got a mission statement. This church, we have a mission statement, but our families. So my wife and I were provoked by that. And last week, we, we sat down in our dinner table, on our dinner table, and we, we called like a boardroom meeting. We said to the kids, we're going to write our mission statement today. And we started brainstorming. We explained to them what the mission statement is. We spoke about our goals must align with the mission statement. And our son looked at us and he said, Dad, I thought that our mission statement is we exist to honor God and make disciples. And the girl said, yeah, for sure. We always thought that was our mission statement. I thought to myself, man, our kids are every nation through and through. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you had this. While we were on sabbatical, we visited other churches, and our kids said to us, you know what? You can visit other churches, but drop us at our church. We want to be at our church. Back to the mission statement. We thought, man, the Every Nation Global Mission Statement says we exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. That's our global mission statement. So our kids were like, okay, we can write our family mission statement, but this too, honoring God and making disciples must be there. I thought there was going to be a protest if we didn't have those two. Let's go to the scripture for today. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17. We're going to talk about faith to receive the promise of God. And one of the things that as I was studying came to mind is faith consists of persistent hope in the promise of God. Persistent hope in the promise of God. Believing and trusting that he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 1 Hebrews 11 verse 1, it gives us this amazing definition of what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of the things that we are hoping for. Faith helps us to access those things that we are hoping for and the evidence of things not seen. In the next couple of weeks when we're doing this uh, Great Faith series, you want to look at some of the Bible characters who have emulated this walk of faith, who have received the promise of God through their walk of faith. So let's read together Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32. But recall the former days, when after you were enlightened, you endured hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated for you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession, an abiding one, and that is in heaven. 
Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Friends, when I look at the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews was written to believers. The book of Hebrews was written to people who have been in the game. It is like when you watch a rugby game or a soccer game and you get to a place of half time. And when you get to half time, the coach looks at his team and he says to them, guys, I know you're tired. I know you're trying hard, but you can win this game. You can win this game. He's giving them an exhortation. He's giving them a, a rapport. He's giving them an instruction that, guys, you can do it. So the book of Hebrews, when we start by saying, recall the former days, it, it says, go back to who you are, where God got you from. Remember where God got you from. Go back to the place where God first enlightened you, where he first met with you. And I want to submit these three things to you this morning in our understanding of this halftime talk by Jesus, our coach as he's speaking to us so that we can easily remember these three words, conviction, confidence, and consistency. Conviction speaks about being fully convinced of the promise of God. Confidence is complete trust in God's character to fulfill his promises. God is not like men who make promises and they don't keep their promises. God keeps his promises. Scripture says not one of all the promises that were made to Israel failed. All of them were fulfilled. And the last thing I want us to look at is consistency, endurance towards the promise of God, enduring, moving towards the promise of God. Faith requires obedience. You either trust God or not. You either trust God's character or not. You know, we see the promises of God through faith. We perceive the promise of God through faith, but we receive them through obedience. Unless we obey, we will not see the promise of God. So let's talk about conviction. Being fully convinced of the promise of God. Recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you enjoyed a hard struggle with sufferings. So when I look at this word recall, to me it says, remember where you come from. Remember where Jesus first met you. Remember the former days when you were enlightened. Remember your salvation moment. Let me pause here and ask you, do you remember where Jesus found you? Do you remember where you were and how you were like when he found you? Remember that encounter that you had with the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. I know that some of you, you don't want to go to the gory testimonies of how you were before Christ. Don't worry, that video will not be played in heaven, in case you were worried. Remember where Jesus first met you. Remember that enlightenment moment. The other thing that it speaks about, it says, that enlightenment that comes through struggle and suffering. Do you know that struggle and suffering can help us understand 
who this God is. You know, a lot of us, we think that by being Christians, we will not experience trouble. But the Bible says, Jesus himself said, in this world, you'll have many troubles, but take heart, I have overcome. So we know that because he has overcome, we will overcome. Because he has overcome, he has the victory, we will also overcome. But most of us, we don't want the struggle, we don't want the sufferings. And it is through struggle and sufferings that we can be able to be convicted, to be fully convinced of the promise of God. Because when we walk through those challenges and we see God is still with us and we don't shrink back, that's when we get convicted and convinced of the promise of God. I don't know if you've ever lost something valuable something that you feel like I cannot do without. I guess the closest thing to us today would be your cell phone. You know, most of us, when you lose your cell phone, it's like the end of the world, right? It's like you can't do anything without your cell phone. And I realize that a lot of people, they will panic, they will, you know, you lose focus. You, you kind of like, man, I can't do anything without the phone. But when you find it, there's a relief, there's a hope, there's a joy that comes back. And I thought to myself, a lot of us, when we lose something that we value, we lose our focus. A few years ago, I was going to drop a dry clean, and I had my two children with me. And uh, Lemo, our son, was about six years old, and Zinzi was about three years old. And uh, I was holding Zinzi on my left hand, and I was carrying the dry clean with my right hand, and Lemo was following along. We go to the dry clean in this mall, and I dropped the dry clean, and I looked back, and Limo was nowhere. Limo was nowhere to be found. I turn around and grab Zinzi now. I don't want to lose the second child. She's on my arms, and I'm running around, and I'm looking for Limo. I go to security. I say, please help me. I've lost my son. I describe who he is. We run around the mall. We try to find him. We don't find him. He's nowhere to be found. And panic just rose in me, and fear gripped my heart. Have you ever been gripped by fear? And the video, the movie starts playing, human trafficking, child trafficking. All this thing is like, man, and the biggest one of all, what am I going to say to my wife? <laughs> a responsible parent will not lose a child in a mall, nochal. And, you know, forget the other fears and the panic was facing my wife was the biggest thing. You feel me, Lyrical. You, you get me, bro. You hear me. Man, there I am. Fast forward. The Holy Spirit. You know when you get a thought in your heart, uh, in your mind, that's how the Holy Spirit speaks to you? Do not diminish those thoughts. God speaks through the mind. A thought came in my mind. Why don't you go and check the car? We walked back to the car. I mean, it was like a long walk to freedom. It was so long to get to the car. We get to the car. There's Lemo outside the car, nonchalant. Been waiting for you guys. You were wasting time. So I decided to go to the car because I want to go back home. Man, you know, I remember the details of that story because it's etched in my mind. And I relate that story to whenever I lose my walk with God. I go back to where he first found me. I go back to the cross because that's where I know I will find him. 
I go back to the cross, Jesus will always be there at the cross. He will always be there. Where you first found him, he's right there waiting for you. So if you have not given your life to Christ today, just know that it is at the cross that we meet Jesus. And I want to say to you again, let me, let me put it to all of us today, that whenever we lose sight of the promise of God, let us go back to where we start our relationship with him and remember what he has done. I know some of you will remember the song, When I Remember What the Lord Has Done. Only Tebza remembers that song. When I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back anymore. When we used to sing that song, you will sing it over and over and over again because you remember the things that God has done. That's why this verse is saying, recall, remember what God has done. It gives a conviction that he who promised is faithful. He who promised, he keeps his promises. When Moses was facing the Red Sea, he will raise up a staff because on the staff there were marks and these marks were testimonies of things that God has done before. So whenever we come to church, whenever we hear testimonies of other people, and whenever we look back at what God has done, we actually are raising the stuff and say, if God has done it before, He can do it again. He can do it again. So I encourage you that this year, raise up your stuff. Raise up your stuff and say, whenever I lose side of the promise of God, I'm going to look back to what he has done, and I will continue. The second thing I want to submit to you this morning is complete trust in God's character to fulfill his promises, because he keeps his promises. We read here in verse 35, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive what has been promised. What, after you have performed, after you have done the will of God, you will receive what has been promised. I guess the best way to bring it home is, have you ever been in a situation when you felt like God was taking too long to answer your prayers? Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like, man, God, I've been praying and praying, but you're not coming through. And the Bible says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Because there's two ways we lose confidence. We lose confidence and we shrink back. We give up. Instead of, you know what, God, I'm going to endure. Because it says, for you have need of endurance. So that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. We won't receive the promise of God just through cookie cutter, just through microwave. We need to endure. We need to endure. I don't know if uh, you were reading the devotionals for the week of prayer and fasting. There's a story there about a man called Charles Blondin. He was one of the greatest circus acrobats of all times in the late 1800s. He performed many dangerous feats during his career. But the most outstanding of all of these is the 330-meter-long tightrope stretched over 50 meters above the Niagara Falls. He crossed the falls several times. I'm going to think about this. Picture this. Niagara Falls, 300 meters. So think about 100 meters stadium, 300 meters. And he's walking 50 meters above the falls. Now think about me at Vic Falls wanting to do the bungee jump. And my wife says, you have three children, buddy. <laughs> that sorted me out. 
But I am convinced that Greg and I, we're going to do the Soweto one. Because the kids are grown now. <laughs> Come on, Greg, where's your faith, brother? <laughs> By faith. <laughs> but the story continues. This is where I'm going. Picture Big Falls. Picture Niagara Falls. Tight rope, someone walking across. And he goes, after his first, I mean, this guy, they say, was so amazing. He had walked blindfolded. He had walked with a wheelbarrow. He even cooked an omelet. Man, I'm getting visions of food now. But his first crossing stands out above all others. After successfully crossing the Niagara Falls, Blondin asked the gathered crowd, who believes I can cross back over the falls? The crowd roared, we believe. Then who, Blondin says, is willing to get on my back while I cross? And there was silence. There was silence. We believe. Silence. My goodness. Finally, one brave man stepped out of the crowd and said, I will. I mean, he gave up everything, this guy. Anything can happen. Someone said, maybe he doesn't have children. Who knows? He said, I will. He climbed on Blondin's shoulders, and they both walked successfully over the Niagara Falls. And the crowd at Niagara Falls clapped and shouted, but I believe there's a difference between the crowd and this man who was brave. The crowd had mental assent. They just believed in their minds that it can happen, but they never experienced it. What does the Bible says? Faith without action is dead. So I believe that God is calling us this year, will we trust him? Will we climb on his back and say, God, these promises, these dreams that I've had, I'm going to trust and I'm going to walk on water. I'm going to jump. I'm going to dive. I'm going to trust that you will be with me, whatever it takes. Let me remind you for a second that God created Charles Blondin as much as we may be amazed by who he is, but God created him. God is a billion times bigger and massive than this guy. God is a God of unlimited promises. God is a God of abundance, a God of bounty, a God of plenty. The one who was, who is, and who is to come. That's the kind of God that we serve. So I'm here to say to you, our confidence is not based on man, it is based on God. We trust in God's character that he will keep his promises. I can give you a testimony after testimony of how God has come through for us because of faith in God, confidence in God, closing with us, consistency. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. We do not shrink back, period. We do not shrink back. I see Jiggy. Thank you, my brother. Whatever that is, it's powerful. <laughs> I'm sure all of us have gone through rough times and rough patches in our lives where we felt like giving up. I went through one of those moments in my life when there was a time when I wanted to quit ministry. There was a time when I felt like, man, you know what? I better go back to the factory and make rama and stock. It was much better than leading your people, God. 
It was much better. I felt like quitting. I mean, you ask my wife. I wrote a resignation letter. She stopped me from sending it. She's a woman of God. Wait till you hear her preach. Number two, in that moment, one of my accountability partners sent me this scripture, a challenging and encouraging scripture. Accountability partners and prayer partners are people who will carry you when your faith is weak. The reason why we need connect groups, the reason why we need to be in the life of the church is those people who will carry you when you are at your weakest. You know, one that's accountability partner sent me the scripture. It was exactly the scripture. He said, but my righteous one will live by faith. He will live by faith. If he shrinks back, me, God, I will not be pleased with him. In the ESV, it says, my soul, God's soul, will not be pleased with you. But we are not of those who shrink back and destroy it, but we are those who believe and are saved. And he, he was challenging me. He was calling me up and calling me out. And he was saying to me, you are not of those who shrink back because of confidence in God. And I want to say to you this morning, consistency is the same as spiritual disciplines. You know, spiritual disciplines is how do you want your prayer life to be like in 2019? Or are you going to continue to procrastinate and, and, and postpone that I'll get to it tomorrow? How do you want your word intake to be like in 2019? Because it is when the storms of life come, they will actually test how much faith has been built in you. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Have you thought about how your discipline of fasting is going to be this year. If you missed the teaching by um, Caroline Webb last week, get the podcast. It was on fasting. and Everyone must listen to that podcast. Have you thought about how your church attendance is going to be this year? You know, this was not in the notes, and I thought I should just share with you. We, we follow how people attend church. We don't check by name. But in January, it's up here, and then it goes down. And then Easter time, it goes up. And then winter, it goes down. And then summer comes, it goes up. Christmas, it goes up. We don't want to be Christians that are led by weather and circumstances. We want to be consistent Christians. We want to be consistent Christians. Resolve to be a consistent Christian in 2019. Resolve to be consistent. You know, it's not about church attendance. It's about this. We can forget God's character if we're doing life in isolation. That's from Jesse Busisi Westmith. We, we were planning the sermon, and Jesse was saying a lot of us, because we're not in relationships, when the enemy comes, we forget all the goodness of God. We forget to raise the, the banner. We forget to raise the staff. We forget the testimonies of others that help us to rise up. Coming to church on Sunday, this is what we do every Sunday. Remember. Remember. Remember what God said. So you don't come to church just to tick a box that I came to church. It's not about that. It's about remembering, recall what God has promised. That's what church is about. Remember. So in conclusion, we see the promise of God through the eyes of faith and we receive them through obedience.
Obedience is opening the word and reading the word. Obedience is going on our knees and praying. Obedience is going to church even when I don't feel like it. Obedience is I'm going to give and tithe even when I don't feel like it. Obedience is even when things are tough, I'm going to just press on. Let me give it to you, something I don't want you to forget. Most of the times we look at successful people, we look at prosperous people, and we say we want to be like them. But we forget, we don't know their faith journey with God. We don't know where they have been with God. We look at them and we say, man, I want to be like that person. And I want to say to you this way, living by faith means we walk by faith and not by sight. We do not compare ourselves to others. Because their journey of faith is completely different to my journey of faith. Your journey of faith is not the same as the person sitting next to you. God might take longer in achieving certain things in your life just because of your obedience. So do not compare yourself with others. Consistency is helping us to understand that we need to endure. We need to persevere to see the promise of God. For you have need of endurance. You have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, only when you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. We want the promise, but we don't want to do the will of God. We want the crown, we don't want the cross. We want the throne, but we don't want the thorns. This year, one of the words that has come is, it's a year of promise, purpose, and permission. The promise of God are the currency and the real estate of His kingdom. So if we want to see the promise of God, we need to receive this permission that God is allowing us and says, I'm permitting you to receive my promises, to step into your purposes. May we stand together and pray. We serve an unlimited God, a God of infinity, a God of abundance. If you have been limiting God, it is time for you to go back to your first encounter with Him and be fully convinced of His promises. It's time for you to grow your confidence in God. So I believe you can do this because you're not men. It's time to jump on His back and cross the falls with Him. Cross the falls with Him. Work your consistency this year. Don't open your Bible only on Sunday. I want us to pray the scriptures together as a sign of declaration that we want to shift in our faith this year. We want to shift in our faith. So we're going to read together and pray the scriptures together. We don't need to mention Hebrews 10, 23. We're just going to go scripture by scripture like we do the declaration. This is our prayer today. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if you know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of him. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord. Let's give God a big round of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we pray that last verse, I can't tell you how many times I've quoted that last verse. 
whether going to interviews, whether going to board meetings, whether going to a doctor, I remind myself that some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, some trust in their own intellect. But we, we, the children of God, we trust in our God. We trust in our God. We trust in our God. We will trust in our God. We will trust in our God. We proclaim that this year, Lord, we're going to shift in our faith and stop thinking of our own wisdom and intellect because it comes from you anyway, Lord. But we're going to trust in our God. We're going to trust in our God. We're going to rise with the spirit that was in Caleb, that we are of a different spirit. We're going to trust in our God. With our heads bowed and in this atmosphere of prayer, I believe there are people who are here and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. I want to encourage you to raise your hand wherever you are and make this commitment to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. You want, you're hearing us talk about the promise of God. You want the promise of God, but you've not made a commitment to follow Him. You raise your hand to God and not to man. Just raise your, raise your hand to God and say, God, I want you this year. I want to live for you. Thank you. If you're here, just raise your hand to God. Just raise your hand so we can pray with you. Thank you, my brother. Is there anyone else? You're hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you. Thank you, my sister, who's here and say, I need God in my life. Thank you, my brother. Anyone else who's saying, I have been even away from God and I need to come back to God. I need to come back to these promises. Just raise your hand wherever you are. We'll pray with you. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I believe in the spirit that there's someone else. Is there someone else? Thank you, my sister. Some of you, you're feeling in your spirit. God is tagging you. God is speaking to you. But there's something that's resisting you to raise your hand. And Lord, I pray right now that you release those people, Father. Release them, Father. Release them right now that this year will not be the same again because of this commitment they make today, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you. All those who raised their hand. And even if you did not raise your hand, your first step of obedience towards God is walk to the front so we can pray with you. Bring your belongings and let's pray together with you. Just walk to the front. Do not be ashamed. Come to the front. Even if you didn't raise your hand and you know you need to be here, come to the front. Come and make right with God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come and make right with God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Come and make right with God. Thank you, Lord. Bring your children back home, Father. Bring your children back home. Father, we pray that this people will move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And their lives will not be the same again. May today be a turning point in their lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.